all salespeople. I'm calling all salespeople. Get prepared for a slim, bald-headed brother with skills. Wearing a tailored suit, polished shoes, and gold watch. Last seen in Atlanta, boarding a plane, on his way to do another training. Sales pros, tighten up. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales This Simple Podcast. I'm your host, Tamon Jamison, and sales stands for Set Yourself Apart. Ask the right questions, land them on the perfect offering, explain your value proposition, and then go ahead and set up your next sale. Last week, you heard me talking about sales not becoming natural, not being something that people can just do without any kind of training. And I spoke to you about the guy at the computer store or computer repair store who did everything in his power unknowingly to send me back to Apple to get my phone fixed. Had a problem with the camera. It was under recall. They were an authorized retailer. But, you know, if you listen to the episode last week, you'll hear all the things that he did that basically pushed me back to Apple. So this past week, I did go back to Apple, set another appointment. Again, I was just not going to give my phone to this guy and then have some kind of issue with it when I got back you know, got it back three, five, seven days later. So set up the appointment with Apple. This time it only took me an hour versus the four hours that they had given me as an estimate of time to get it back on the last appointment that I made. So when I dropped the phone off, uh, pretty good experience. But while I was waiting, I went ahead and walked around the mall a little bit. And I don't usually do that. You know, we're all kind of aware that malls are kind of you know, not even the, the thing to do anymore. When we were kids, it was a different story. But unless you're really going there for some reason or a specific item or store that you're going to, nobody really goes to the mall like we used to. But in any case, I'm walking around the mall just kind of, you know, with my antenna up as usual. And I walked through two stores that gave me an idea for a title for this week's episode, which is Does Your Appearance Match Your Value? So once again, does your appearance match your value. And how that came up was I'm walking through two big department stores. The first one I walked through was Macy's. I think I parked by Macy's and and walked through there. Didn't pay it much mind, but as I'm walking through there, there's a few things that I noticed about Macy's. Um, And if you've been through there, especially some of the, some Macy's are better than others, but as a whole, Macy's is a little cluttered. I mean, they have a lot of inventory and in some places it's a little, little hard to move around. You've got a lot of congestion you know, the aisles aren't really, you know, stuff is not really spread apart. You've got clothes kind of on top of clothes. Some Macy's are a little more um, cluttered and unorganized than others. And then you've got clearance signs all over the place. I think they even have now a, a whole clearance section, you know, maybe off to the back or off to the side. But the big red time, big red signs, clearance, 70% off, 80% off, last chance or whatever they call it. Um but that's, that's the vibe that you get when you go in Macy's is, is I'm going to get a deal in here, okay? Contrast that with as I'm walking around and I go f- past Bloomingdale's. So if you've ever been in Bloomingdale's, you know it's a totally different vibe than Macy's. So where Macy's is cluttered, Bloomingdale's is nice and clean and organized. Um, Macy's is very open. Um, excuse me. Bloomingdale's is very open, all right? It's very bright in there. And you don't see any really discounted items. Now, I actually looked around because I, I, my mind was still thinking about Macy's. And I was like, I wonder if they even have any kind of clearances or stuff on sale here in Bloomingdale's. So I started to look for them. 
And as I looked for them, I did see some clearance items, but they were very discreet. You had to really look at the item to notice that it was on sale. So you can kind of see the two dynamics between what Macy's was offering and what Bloomingdale's was offering. So I want you to think about yourself for a minute. And do your customers see you as Macy's or do they see you as Bloomingdale's? Now let me describe the two dynamics for you for a second. So do they see you as Macy's, somebody who's unorganized, somebody who doesn't have all their act together, who maybe is always talking about price, trying to give them discounts, not selling value, and basically not asking them to pay top dollar for what it is you're selling? Or are you on the flip side, where you're more like Bloomingdale's, where you're commanding a premium? While you're very professional, you're very organized, you're very customer focused, your follow-up is key, and as a result, you ask and almost demand that people pay you more. So ask yourself for a second, does your appearance match your value, all right? The way you look is part of it, all right? That's part of setting yourself apart. You wouldn't expect to go buy a $100,000 car and get it from somebody who looked tattered and beat up as if they just got out of the garbage can, right? Likewise, you may not expect to go get a $5 item from somebody who has on a $1,000 suit and a Rolex watch, okay? So what is your appearance saying about you? Is it saying, hey, I'm a professional and I demand every dollar that I'm asking you? Or am I just getting by and I hope that you pay me something and I'll take anything? See, that's why Macy's is. You walk in there, you just feel like they're saying, as a company, please just pay me something. The items that we have in here, the staff that we have in here, the um, atmosphere that we have is not worth much. So we'll put the stuff on sale. And if you buy it, I really appreciate it. Whereas a Bloomingdale's, a Nordstrom's, a place like that, it's like, we know what we have. We know why it's important. We know what the value is. And as a result, we're going to ask you to pay us that value. Okay? So I talked a little bit about your appearance. All right? How you dress. How you're groomed. How you carry yourself. But it goes a lot more than just how you look. Okay? What's your body language say? Does your body language say to the customer that I really don't care if you buy or not? And if you do... You don't necessarily need to pay me top dollar because I'm a little desperate right now. Maybe I'm having a bad month. Maybe I'm having a bad year. And at this point, I'll just take anything. Or does your body language exude confidence? Does it say, I'm the expert. I'm the sales pro. I know what I'm doing. I expect top dollar for my services. Beyond body language, also a big part of your body language is your facial expressions. All right. What is your face saying? Are you saying one thing and your eyes are saying something different? Is your mouth saying something different? All right. Is your voice inflection not matching the words that you're saying? All of these things build value with the client. And when they see any kind of discrepancy, then they'll capitalize on that and they'll pounce on it and say, okay, well, this is an amateur. This is somebody who really doesn't believe in what they're telling me. So I have an end here. And that's the last thing that you want. you want. You don't want to try to sell something to somebody and you don't have confidence, first of all, in yourself or have confidence in your offering because a customer can sniff that out and at that point, 
your value begins to drop. The price they're willing to pay you begins to drop. And as a result, your commission begins to drop. Speaking of voice inflection, one of the biggest challenges that we have as salespeople, especially in this digital age that we're in, is you can't get your voice inflection across via text or an email. All right. You have to really be careful when you are texting somebody or emailing somebody. And even if you have to have somebody else proofread what you're saying, just to make sure that the tone of the message cannot be misconstrued. You don't want to tell somebody one thing and they read it completely different because there's no voice inflection. All right. They can't see your facial expressions. They don't know if there's some kind of ulterior meaning behind what you're talking about. All they can do is read it the way that you put it on paper or in the text. So you need to be very careful with what you're saying in text messages, emails, because I've seen a lot of people get in trouble with that. I just had a colleague talk to me probably three weeks ago. We were at a networking event and he was all distraught. He was like, man, I don't understand what this customer's talking about. She's kind of irate. She's off the wall. And he showed me the text exchange going back and forth. And the thing that he didn't notice was the arrogance that he was portraying in the text messages. He thought he was saying something a certain way. I think his, his uh, one of the tones was, you know, I don't usually do business that way. Um, so I'd be more than happy to talk to you on a one-on-one basis or something to that effect. And But the way he put it in the text message was almost saying it like, lady, you're an idiot. And the only way I can even begin to try to help you is if we spent some time together because you're not like anybody else who just gets it by the format that I usually put out there. So you have to be very careful when you are portraying yourself via email or for via text message. You also want to make sure that you spell check, okay? Spelling errors and grammatical errors are the highlight of an amateur, somebody who doesn't take their time to take a second look at what they're gearing to send before they hit send and make sure that everything is correct, all right? You've had those chances and those, those times when you've read a text message or an email or whatever the case is, and somebody uses your the wrong way or they use their the wrong way, or they just use slang, but whatever it is, you can tell they're not professional. And that's the Macy's approach. All right? it's, I don't really care. I'm trying to get to a number, or I'm really just trying to get through what I need to get through to the day. I'm not really honed in on what you need as a customer. So as a result, I'll just put something together real quick. If autocorrect changes it, if it doesn't change it, so be it. I'll hit send. If you respond, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine as well. So you got to be very careful with what you are doing and how that lines up with what you're asking the customer to pay. This is part of explaining your value proposition. And it goes all the way back to setting up, setting yourself apart. Because when I first walk into Macy's, and then go into Bloomingdale's, Bloomingdale's already set themselves apart. If I was looking to buy something from one of those two stores, I'm looking in Bloomingdale's first. First of all, because the atmosphere just feels so much better. All right. It feels open. It feels inviting. And it feels like a place where I want to spend my money. That's the same way you want a customer to feel about you. You want a customer to feel like you're inviting, that you're somebody they can do business with, that you're a professional, that you're going to take care of them. 
I mean, another example. Think about if everything, if the menu items were the same and the building was the same and everything was the same except the service between a Chick-fil-A and a McDonald's. You would spend more at Chick-fil-A than you would at McDonald's. If the same sandwich cost you 10, 15% more at Chick-fil-A, again, everything else being the same, if it cost you 10 or 15% more at Chick-fil-A than it does at McDonald's, you'd go to Chick-fil-A because the service that you get there, right? The people behind the counter treat you differently. When they take your order, it's a whole different script that they use. The training, as you can tell, is obviously different between what you get at a Chick-fil-A and what you get at McDonald's or many other fast food restaurants. And I'm just using that as an example to give you an idea of how a customer sees you. We always talk about how there's a preconceived notion with us as salespeople, all right? The average client sees us as the Macy's, all right? They see us as unprofessional, unorganized, doesn't know what we're talking about, only out for ourselves. And if you don't do anything to change that stereotype, then yes, that's exactly what they're going to get. And that's what they're going to expect to pay you for. On the flip side, if they run into somebody like yourself, who is, is a sales professional, who really takes their industry seriously and really wants to make sure that the customer has everything that they need and as a byproduct, you get paid handsomely to do it, then it's a whole different experience for both you and the client. So I'm not going to talk long today. That uh, experience last week just kind of reminded me about the differences that we portray ourselves, and it's not just about appearance. We always think in the sales profession that it's about appearance. It's about what I have on. Maybe if I have on, you know, if I, if I got on a luxury watch, then people will think I'm worth more. If I have on a nice suit, if I have on a nice blouse, if I drive a nice car, if I live in a nice neighborhood, that people are going to think that that's the only thing that makes me successful. But it goes well beyond just the outside appearances. You've got to make sure that every single step of the process from setting yourself apart all the way to follow up with setting up your next sale, that you are that professional that people demand and that they should receive. All right, so that's today's episode, guys. Just real quick, I want to talk about what your appearance says about you, you know, what your attitude says about you, what your demeanor says about you. So make sure that you pay attention to that when you're talking with a client. When you get up in the morning, all right, are you tired? You know, do you need a cup of coffee? You need a second cup of coffee? Do you need to work out? Do you need to get energized some kind of way? But do what you need to do before you get in front of a client because once you get in front of them, it's game time, all right? Practice is over. It's time to get to up to bat and hit a home run. So make sure you pay attention to your appearance, guys. I want to thank you all for continuing to ride with me on this journey. If you are a member of the Sales is Simple Facebook group, you will see that the Sales Pro Academy has finally been released. Hope you guys enjoy it. I know you will get plenty of valuable content out of it. If you're getting some nuggets from this podcast, then think about that at like 100 times more value. Okay, so if you are not a member yet, please make sure to search for Sales is Simple Go ahead and sit in a request to become a member. There'll be three short questions you need to answer. I just need to verify that you are a salesperson and that you sell. And then once you're into the group, you will get the discounted rate that I have running as a pre-launch special. That's going to be going until the end of February 2018. All right. So go ahead and join the group. 
come on in, take advantage of the Sales Pro Academy. It is a phenomenal course, total of about eight hours worth of content that you'll be getting in 30-minute segments every single week for four months. I mean, it's a lot of content. Don't want to overwhelm you by trying to give you so much content at one time that you can't digest it all, but you get you know, a nice little 30-minute segment, and then you get the whole week to start putting that into practice, start replaying it over and over again, rehearsing it, and really getting down the tips and techniques that we talk about in that academy. So if you found some value in the podcast, please make sure that you go over to iTunes or Google Play or wherever you're listening to it and rate and review it. Give me some feedback so that I know uh, what you want to hear about. And once again, I enjoy speaking with you guys each and every week. I want you to always make sure that you remember, and you know I close out the same way every time, the best way to get what you want is by giving others what they want to.